Step in and believe. Easter morning, April 12, 2020. The Easter story is magnificent. It's a true story, a story of betrayal, scourging, crucifixion, and raising the dead. There are people, angels, a devil with an evil plan. There are Roman guards, fearful disciples, and an excellent plot twist. A mother and a community weeping over the death of her son, all wrapped up into one story. With all of this activity, action, and people, there are hundreds of different truths and points that could be made today. Many different angles that we could talk about this morning. If you've gotten to know me at all, this morning is going to be a little different. <laughs> Go figure, right? We are grateful that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, exercising his power over death and hell, bringing Jesus back to life and giving us new life. Now, though we may not be together today, and at points people could say that the church seems separated, that cannot be further from the truth. The truth is, that physically we are not together. The truth is, is that we are learning to live together spiritually. Something that is needed for the coming days. It is part of our preparation for what the Lord is bringing. Today, I'd read this passage out of John chapter 20, and we're going to focus on John, the disciple. We're going to focus on John, today in verse 8. Let me take a minute. I just want to paraphrase this story for you. So Mary had um, gotten up in the morning and she wanted to go to the tomb where her son was. And so she had gathered the spices and she went to the, the tomb only to find him gone. And in her frustration, in her fear, she runs back to where the disciples were and she announces to them that somebody has stolen Jesus. The body of our Lord is gone. Well, we've all been in a situation to where you have to get up and move and react and all of a sudden because something happened and you needed to respond and you needed to understand and learn what was going on and you needed to get to some place. So whatever it is or whatever situation you have been in, in some way you have ran through the house and you have grabbed your shoes, you have grabbed your keys and hopefully remembered your wallet as you're running out the door because you needed to get to some place quickly. And that was what Peter and John were dealing with. They were in a mad dash to get to the tomb. In this story, we find out a little bit about who's faster. Because John takes off, and Peter takes off, and John passes Peter, and John gets to the tomb first. And you can imagine all of what's running through their heads as they're running to get there. And John gets there, and something stops him at the door. Now, we've all been in that situation, too. We've all run into some place, and we, just before we really get into it, just before we enter, we, we have that reluctancy, and so we stop, and we resist, and we begin to assess. And the Bible does a great job describing what John did. He stopped and he bent down and he looked in. 
He's assessing what's going on, but he hasn't committed. He hasn't committed. Peter, on the other hand, though slower, runs right past John and right into the tomb, and he begins to assess what's happening, and he sees the linen cloths, and he sees those things. John is assessing while Peter's in the middle of the situation. In John chapter 20, verse 8, finally, it says, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. And these last four words are important. He saw and he believed. He saw and he believed. You see, that, that word believed there isn't just a, oh, I get it. You know, Jesus had been telling us all about these different things and what was going to have to happen. And, oh, okay, okay, I understand now. That's not what that word means at all. What that word means is that there is a a jaw-dropping, realization, understanding, dawn-breaking-over-marble-head type of event that happened to John when he was standing there. You see, he walked in and he saw the linen. He saw the grave clothes. He saw the, the wrap that had been around Jesus' head, and it was folded neatly. You see, what John understood about that day was that if somebody was stealing a body, if there was a grave robber, then what was going to happen was the linens wouldn't even be there. For one, they wouldn't even be there because they were taking the body. The other part was if they were going to strip the linens and steal the body, then they would have left the linens there in a pile. They would have not organized them. So in looking at and understanding what he was seeing, John came to the realization that Jesus has risen. John had come to the realization that Jesus had risen. It's a powerful, powerful moment in time because there are things that Jesus had promised the disciples. One is that he would raise this temple on the third day. There were things that Jesus had promised, and that empty tomb was a symbol of Jesus' promise to John and to the other disciples. The powerful part in this verse for me that I want to share with you today, as far as an encouragement, is that in looking at the disciples, that we can see ourselves. You see, John references himself in the book of John as the disciple that Jesus loved. Church, that's you. Jesus loves you. You are the disciple that Jesus loves. You see, there are promises, too, that he has given all of us just like he gave the disciples. Some of those promises we have as a church, some of those promises we have as families, some of those promises we have as individuals. 
but we have promises that we've been given. I want to encourage us today that in this time of celebratory moment of Easter and the risen Lord and the truth that has happened and the promises that have been fulfilled up to this point is that Jesus and God, they are still in the business of fulfilling their promises to you. They are still in the business of doing that. So when we have these promises before us, it's not that we run up to them and we stop and we bend down and we peek in. It's that we step into them. You see, the empty tomb was promised to the disciples. John didn't believe it until he stepped into it. So there are things that you have been promised. There are things that I have been promised. One of those is that there is something good coming. There's something good coming. Out of all of what we're living in, all, all of all of what we're experiencing, God is bringing something good to us. And for us to embrace those things, there's some things that we need to do to prepare. Each one of us is different. There are certain things in different people and in their families that, that we need to prepare to do. But there's a promise that God has something for you, and don't just look at it from a distance. Church, I want you to encourage you. I want to encourage you to step into what God has promised for you. Because when you step into it, then you will see it, and then you will believe. Now, an interesting thing about this also is in verse 9. Because it goes on to say that after John saw and he believed, that they still did not understand from the Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. John believed, but he still didn't understand. The difference here is that the belief is from the Spirit it's from your heart. The understanding is here mentally. So there are times in life when God promises things that we step into them and we see what he is doing and we believe them and then our understanding will catch up with it. That's stepping forth spiritually before you understand it physically. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's difficult because we need to understand and how everything works. But that's not how it always works with God. There are things that he's inviting us to step into and to believe. There's things that he wants us to see that he's doing. Believe that he's doing them. And then we'll understand. But we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sin. We believe that he was buried. That he took the keys of death and hell and that he raised again on the third day. We believe that. And because of that, our hearts are full. We believe that the Holy Spirit is living within us. And that God is not only giving us life, but he wants to give us life more abundantly. But that abundance, there are promises that he has for us. 
And those promises are invitations to come closer to Him and to allow your relationship with Him to become more intimate. And as that intimacy grows, then those promises are released and you're able to go and be and do everything that God has designed you to go and be and do. So church this morning, like John stepped into the tomb, he saw and he believed. It's our turn. It's our turn. It's our turn to step into the promises that God has for us. It's our turn to believe what he has for us. And when those things happen, he will rise up out of us and people will see him for who he is through us and they will become a part of his family also. Church, it's time. It's time. It's time to step in to what he has promised you and to be what he's called you to be. When you step in, you will see and your heart will believe that he is who he says he is. Church, we get to trust him. We get to trust him. And he loves you and he loves you dearly. Let's pray. Father, Lord God, I thank you for this day that you've given us. I thank you for ministering to our hearts. I thank you for allowing us to be together as one in your sight. And that we have been able to worship together. God, you have blessed us beyond measure. And Father, I ask you to continue to lead us as a family, as a church, as individuals. Father, I pray that you light our path. Father, remind us of the promises that you have for us. Remind us of those so that we can step into them and that we would see your hand at work and that we would believe that you are taking care of us and that you're bringing us to the point to where we need to be so that your kingdom can continue to advance on this earth. Father, we love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.